With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Go, man. Tear it off, dude. You're listening to Here's the Catch with David Lombardi, Matt Barrows, and Dennis Brown on the Athletic Podcast Network. Well, the 49ers beat Washington 37 to 20. Took a little bit of time off, celebrate the holiday. And now we get to talk about the game. And the past eight games, guys, uh, 49ers have been on a roll. Their average margin of victory is about 17 points over this 8-0 and streak. It has been really, really impressive in all phases of the game. And I would have to say that this, this one against Washington was just as impressive as the other ones to me. Right, there were a couple cracks defensively, pass defense-wise against Washington, especially when Charvarius Ward was out of the game for a couple possessions. But the point is what the 49ers are doing cumulatively. And on the whole, whenever there is a little deficiency in one area, they will just flood through another phase of their game to overwhelm whatever opponents on their schedule. And the latest victim was the commanders. And in this game, I mean, we saw a ton of George Kittle on offense. Brock Purdy played well again. And Nick Bosa might have sealed defensive player of the year with two more sacks. He's got 17 and a half on the season. It, it is, uh, you know, we're going to be nitpicking here because that's what we do. We go deep into the 49ers performance. But I think that I should just couch all that, Matt, by saying on the aggregate, the 49ers have won eight in a row by a combined by an average margin of victory of 17 points, which at this level of football is just wildly, wildly impressive. Yeah, and uh, they're rolling, and I think that's Kyle Shanahan's biggest um, concern is that somehow they'll stop rolling right as the playoffs uh, um, come up. But um, you know, to their credit, it's uh, you know they, they had to deal with Charvarius Ward leaving this game for a little bit, no Debo Samuel. Um, you know, Washington is playing for its playoff life. They got a Washington had a had a good start. I thought Taylor Heineke had some terrific throws in this game. They've, they've got a, a nice, uh, you know, uh, I think that their tailback is good. Terry McLaurin is very good. Curtis Samuel's interesting. They it, it was a, as good a first half uh, as Washington could have expected. Seven seven going into halftime. And then all of a sudden, Dennis, it wasn't. Uh, the 49ers have been very, very good at uh, coming out of that halftime, and, and they love to win the toss and to, to de- defer and then get that opening kickoff and then really kind of take control from that point forward, both offensively and defensively, and that's exactly what happened. It was that first Kittle touchdown, then the defense forces a punt, um, I actually think that there was a, a three and out by the 49ers after that, but then they got the ball back again, and it was the second really, really well-designed play uh, from, from Brock Purdy to Kittle, the one that actually was designed to go to Kittle, that, uh, you know, that was the, the straw that broke the camel's back. Uh, it, it really wasn't close from that point forth. Uh, they took care of business, and uh, that's what 
championship teams do, and I'm sure you saw quite a bit of that when you were playing in the in the 1990s. Yeah, and you know you're right that that first first quarter first half. Uh, it was a battle, and I think it was mostly just kind of a, a coach's battle. You know, Ron Rivera and, and, and Kyle Shanahan trying to figure out how to expose each other and, and, and their their football schemes. And then you can see in the second half, that's that's happened at least the last seven weeks. Kyle Shanahan, D'Amico Ryans, all these guys figure out kind of what plays and kind of how to scheme up against the opponents, and they take off in the second half. Uh, you know, the big story is, could uh, Brock Purdy play, you know, be effective against a good defense? This was a good defense. This was a good pass rush. I think he got sacked three times. Um, so he had to he had to make some good decisions because the guys were coming after him. And he puts up, what was it, 30, was it 31 points? This team puts up again. And so he checks another box. And I, I think that's the storyline. And, you know, Brock Purdy, again, he's just checking boxes. He's played hurt. He's played on the road. He's played off the bench. Uh, the only thing he hasn't done is played from, you know, a big deficit, you know, 14-point deficit. He got to drive, drive the ball downfield. But, uh, you know, this offensive line, I think they played well. There's some good plays. There's some good blocking. And, again, Kyle Shanahan, Shanahan does a great job. Debo's not there, but he schemes it up. And Ray Ray runs the same play, and it's the same result, a touchdown. So it was, it was, you know, that second half of the football game, it was really fun to watch. And then the defense. You know, defense stands up again. Charveris goes down. Um, Womack gets attacked a little bit, but they're, they're able to bounce back and get, get some takeaways and then get after the quarterback. Uh, and we see Carson Wentz. And I, I think, you know, Carson Wentz was effective, but they played some of that, that soft coverage, that soft man type of stuff. But... You know, it was it was a good game to watch, and again, this team shows up, and I, and I just hope they can keep the the momentum up moving forward. You go to Vegas, you get on the road, uh, just keep this momentum. And you know, my question to you guys, and and I've been wondering this: Is Brock Purdy that good, or is everybody else just playing at a different level now? Yes. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we'll answer yes to both. Brock Purdy is really good, especially for you know, given the situation, right? Seventh round pick, rookie season. More important than the seventh round pick part is the fact that that he's a rookie, right? You, you don't see uh, right. many quarterbacks at all be able to come in and do what he's doing. It, obviously, a big part of the equation is the experience that he accrued in college, but it's not just that. There are guys who started four years in college that go into the NFL and just look like a, a deer in the headlights. And there are guys on loaded teams that wouldn't look as good as Brock Purdy looks right now. I, I just think that his skill set is very suited not only to this 49ers offense, but to the NFL level. And I talked about it a bit last week. You know, everybody says, oh, you know, he might be physically limited because he's not 6'3", he's not this big gunslinger, he doesn't run a 4-440, but the one physical skill that really stands out for Brock Purdy is a really valuable one in his 10-yard split. He ran the 10-yard split of the 40-yard dash in 1-5, which a lot of 4-3 guys have that kind of split. And that actually shows up on the field with Brock Purdy, right? You could see whenever he's getting away from pressure in short spaces, his burst is unbelievable. 
He looks like one of the fastest quarterbacks in the league over those 10 yards. Obviously, he's not sprinting downfield like Colin Kaepernick did, right, over 40, 50 yards. That's not where Brock Purdy's speed is, but it's in these subtleties with the way that he could bolt around the pocket, move, and then obviously just his knowledge of playing the position, which I think comes from just diligently doing so for four years at Iowa State. You combine those two things, and you have a quarterback who can not only execute what Kyle Shanahan needs on schedule, but is also delivering uh, some plays off schedule. And the most famous off schedule play, uh, I guess Brock Purdy threw it to where the ball would have gone either way. He was trying to throw to Ray Ray McLeod, but George Kittle literally ran intentionally the wrong route and ended up scoring a touchdown because the 49ers have found this perfect blend of choreographed execution and improvisation that only a team with some flair, with some moxie, with some confidence has. And I think Brock Purdy is playing with that flair, confidence, moxie, and so are the 49ers as a whole, Matt. Yeah, I I mean, I think it's the uh, internal makeup of Brock Purdy that is really special. Somebody asked him a question in the press conference about feeling more and more comfortable and the more starts that he gets, and, and he sort of took that question in a different way than I thought. Here's his answer. He said, I really don't think that I'm getting more and more comfortable or anything like that. I still have that same fire and drive as before, as before I wasn't playing. I want to go in and I want to prove to my teammates and earn the respect every play, every snap, every drive, that kind of mentality. He has this responsibility on his shoulders. He knows he's on a good team. He knows this team expects to go to the Super Bowl. He knows that Nick Bosa is elite. Eric Armstead is elite. Trent Williams is elite. Debo Samuel, uh, George Kittle. And he feels like it's up to him to make sure that uh, he does his share and, and gives those guys the opportunity to win. And my point is, he isn't exhaling at all. He's still kind of going into each of these games with this Fear isn't the word. Panic isn't the word. But he's still pushing himself faster than uh, maybe a uh, a 10-year veteran would because he knows that he's still a rookie and there's a lot he doesn't know. My point is that he's putting a lot of pressure on himself, and that hasn't diminished with each of these starts that he's made. You know, it, and it sounds so simple, doesn't it? I mean, it, you understand, you know, you're, you're, you're the most important player on the football field as a quarterback, but... You know, once you realize that you are surrounded by so much talent that it doesn't have to be on your shoulders. You know, it's got to be a lot of pressure on the quarterback. But if you're surrounded by these guys and all you all you need to really focus on, and if you have that mentality that, you know, that 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 able just to calm yourself and just be like, all I really got to do is not make any mistakes. I mean, that that's just how simple football can be. And, and it just, you know, this last seven games and. You know, and I don't wish anything negative against this guy because he's playing fantastic. But you, you want him to keep that same attitude where it's not on my back. I've got too many people around me. I, I, I can hold everybody else accountable. George Kittle, it's up to you to get yak yards, which he's been doing the last two games with multiple touchdowns. Uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey, you're the best running back in the National Football League. I'm handing off to you. Trent Williams, we're going to run. We're going to run our runs straight to you. We need to, we need some holes. Uh, Debo, this is for you. You know, Brandon Ayuk, all these guys. I mean, if he can keep that attitude up, especially going these next two weeks and going into the playoffs, I mean, you know, everyone's asking me, you know, are, are the are the 49ers, you know, are they going to be able to go through and, and beat a Dallas or beat a, a Philadelphia team? And I say, you know, yes. I mean, why wouldn't you? Your, your defense is standing up. 
Uh, and you just got a quarterback right now that just gives the ball to playmakers. And it's so many different playmakers on this football team. It's incredible. Uh, and then special teams. How about this? the kick coverage on uh, Saturday? Kick coverage was outstanding. You know, every kick, every kick, every it, it was, you know, those gunners are down the field. I think, who is it? Um, George Odom? Yeah. I mean, he had he a... He leads the a, NFL in special teams tackles. It's it's incredible. And, and that's why I'm saying is, you know, as Brock Purdy has, as everyone just said, listen, we have to, we have to support this kid and we all have to play at a different level. And it just shows, you know, the talent on this football team. And I just watched that kid coverage and I was just like, that's, that's incredible. That is incredible what they're doing. I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's helping the defense. It's helping the offense, you know, so it's, it's cool to watch this. The last seven weeks, I I don't know what happened guys, but the last seven weeks has just been fun 49er football. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily with 24 seven us based live customer service from discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Well, why don't we talk about this? The top five players in the NFL on special teams tackles. Number one, George Odom, 18. Number two, Jeremy Reeves from Washington. We just saw him on Saturday. He made the Pro Bowl, yeah. Yeah, and number three, Demetrius Flanagan-Foles, 49ers, 15. So they have two of the top three players in special teams tackles. And we could talk about the offense being number one efficiency since week eight. We can talk about the defense being number one efficiency since week eight. On top of that, they have two of the top three leaders for the whole season in special teams tackles, and it's two players that that don't get any love for what the 49ers are doing on offense and defense. So there there really isn't a gaping hole on this team right now. And maybe if we want to talk about potential weaknesses that they have to address before either the playoffs or a rematch with somebody like the Chiefs, I think they got to tighten up the coverage on the back end, right? We saw three or four third and longs converted by Washington. But, you know, I don't think it's a it's a lack of talent issue for the 49ers. I think that Washington might have seen something schematically capitalized on it. And so far, D'Amico Ryans has given, should have, should have given everybody full confidence that by next game against the Raiders on Sunday, New Year's Day, uh, those little leaks in coverage won't be there because he's adjusted that well over the course of the season. Offense committed a couple penalties, right? They kicked field goals where they probably would have wanted to score touchdowns. But at the end of the day, they still scored 30 points in the second half against the top 10 defense. And I think at the end of the day, they're probably should be full confidence in Kyle Shanahan and the offense for ironing out some of the imperfections, right? Because the 49ers have proven that uh, they they iron out imperfections. So the benefit of the doubt, I think, rests with a team that is playing so well in all three phases of the game and has done so now for over two months. They have not lost a football game in over two months. Yeah, uh, coming off that that Chiefs game and and that uh, that game... As the as the playoffs start to wind up, will will be discussed, I'm sure, in the media, probably in the in the 49ers locker room. Um, you know, who, who can beat this team? Uh, Dennis brought it up earlier. What 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 NFC team would really give the 49ers uh, problems? And and obviously the the Vikings are very good. The Cowboys are very good. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure you you want to see uh, you know Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs, even though. 
the 49ers have uh, handled him uh, pretty well over the years. But, you know, the one team that stands out is Philadelphia because they've got a dynamic quarterback, a quarterback that can run, uh, who can extend plays, and then who can extend plays and really gouge uh, a defense with his arm. And that's, you know, that's what, uh, you know, and, and every team struggles with that. There's a reason why those quarterbacks are, are, uh, are elite. Um, that's, it's impossible to deal with. But that's the question in my mind. Can uh, the 49ers roll into Philadelphia, play a healthy Jalen Hurts, and win that? And if, if they do, can, then, can they then play either a Josh Allen or uh, a Patrick Mahomes and, and win that game? And um, it does seem like that, that Chiefs game, that Week 7 Chiefs game, the last 49ers loss, they got their you-know-what's kick, Dennis. But um, it's almost as if the Chiefs did them a favor, too. I mean, it was just a, uh, a slap across the face. And the 49ers have been ultra-focused since then and really haven't had uh, a, a, a big struggle since then either. Um, uh, and that's, uh, that's promising. But that's, uh, that, I think that will end up being a game that they circle again. Uh, at, at some point in January and February. Those three quarterbacks that you mentioned are, are dynamic quarterbacks, like you said. And and for some reason, that's what gives 49er defenses uh, a lot of issues. Quarterbacks that are able to move around in the pocket, run up and down the field, and also have a strong, uh, strong running game and an ability to beat you with their arms. So yeah, it, it's, it's going to be a circle back game and you know, it, it's, you know, it, it, it's what's the, what the NFL is now. And these are the quarterbacks you kind of have to face. Uh, but, the, but the, you look at this 49ers defense, they've gotten so much better, I think on the back end, the coverage side, um, you know, it, it, it makes it kind of worrisome when you see Charverius go down and then uh, Samuel Womack is back there and he kind of gets, you know, he gets beat a couple times. Uh, right. Charverius is, is, is a great corner. I mean, he's, he's been a great addition to this team. He's kind of solidified that, that secondary, but when he's not in there, you can see the difference. Um, but I, I think, you know, those three quarterbacks that you mentioned, you know, to, to go in there, even on the road, I know they're, 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 there's going to be one game here, but to go on the road and play those, those, those three teams, either of those teams, you know, I, I think about Josh Allen. I mean, he is, you know, 200 and whatever, 40 pounds running down the foot, football field. And he doesn't mind getting hit. And he's very mobile and he's got a super strong arm. He's got great weapons. So, you know, that that's going to be that's going to be the thing, you know, moving forward. That's why, you know, people are talking about do the 49ers rest folks, do the 49ers kind of give guys some time off? I say no. I say, you know, keep it keep it moving. You know, keep the momentum because you're going to need it in the playoffs because, you know, the playoffs is going to be, you know, you play the top teams, you know, the elite teams in the NFL, uh, the elite quarterbacks, uh, the mobile quarterbacks, the dynamic quarterbacks. So, you know, I, I just I just think of this team since it, it's strange since since Brock Purdy has come on and Christian McCaffrey's come on. This has been an entirely different football team. You know, we start the season, Trey Lance, we were like, we're going to see what kind of happens. That goes away. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo comes back in. We know what to expect with him. But now it's, you know, it's off the charts. It's it's seven games, like you said, Dave, two months. You know, we haven't talked about a loss in two months. So it's it's a different vibe now. And now it's it's come down to the last couple games of the season. 
Um, and then it's going to be the playoffs. So I, I'm super excited. Uh, but it's a different vibe now, totally different vibe. Well, they're about touchdown favorites over the Raiders. They're obviously going to be favored over the Cardinals. So uh, the odds are that the 49ers are going to win their final two regular season games. Obviously not a guarantee. But if they do, then all they need is for Minnesota to lose once. And Minnesota plays Green Bay on New Year's Day when the 49ers are playing the Raiders in a game that. I think the Packers will be very motivated for. 49ers helped with that by beating Washington, and then the Packers beat Miami and Mike McDaniel. So Green Bay has a legitimate shot to squeeze into the playoffs now. They have Minnesota at home. If they beat the Vikings, the 49ers with two wins would finish as the number two seed, which would mean home game in the first round, which they're already guaranteed of, Home game in the second round if they win that first game. And, you know, depending on how things shake out in that first round, we just saw Dallas beat Philadelphia. There is a good shot that Dallas would, would play Philadelphia in the second round, and they could beat Philly, obviously, and that could potentially clear the way for home field advantage for the 49ers. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. My point, though, is a more general one, that the 49ers want to figure out how to set themselves up for as many home games as possible, which gives them every reason to continue keeping the foot on the gas right now. Last year, they had to play an NFL record, 12 road games. They died of exhaustion right at the end of that road in the fourth quarter against mm. the Rams. A lot of injuries, a lot of just, just general tiredness, a lot of travel. Uh, the, the conditions in Green Bay were not good for body recovery, right, playing in an ice storm. So home, home, home. That, that should be the 49ers' uh, calling card right now try to secure as much of this tournament coming up at home, and that's going to give them the best chance at advancing through the NFC to the Super Bowl. And they're also doing something else in these last few games, which is getting some uh, fairly significant players back up to speed and, and rolling uh, and ready physically for the playoffs. And Javon Kinlaw was the first uh, at bat. And uh, by all accounts, we'll have to follow up with, uh, with Shanahan early in the week. But by all accounts, it was a very good, very promising first game. Um, I forget what the number was, David. 12 to 15 snaps was what uh, Kinlaw was earmarked for. He got his full 15. <laughs> he was he was telling David and me after the game that uh, he was bugging the coaches afterwards, trying to get a little bit more than 15, Dennis. <laughs> and he even went up to uh, Kyle Shanahan and tried to... <laughs> Try to get him to uh, allow him to get back on the field for uh, uh, 15 plus, but Shanahan said no. Uh, but point being is that he was feeling very good at the end of that game. Um, obviously, there's sometimes a lag, and that that knee can react uh, poorly a, a few days later. But um, it didn't seem to be happening uh, after after Saturday. Then the next guy uh, up, I think, will be Debo Samuel, and it'll be interesting. Uh, to see if he's back at practice and playing uh, this week. Uh, I think that would probably be a good thing. That may, may be uh, something similar to Kinlaw where he has a, uh, a set amount of snaps. But uh, getting uh, Debo Samuel back and in, in full condition I think is a big deal because he is a guy that tends to uh, put on weight uh, very quickly if he's not uh, able to move around like he usually is. And then the last guy is Elijah Mitchell, and we'll have to – Follow up on that, I think that his uh, rehab from his knee injury has gone according to plan. I don't know if that means he gets into that finale against the Cardinals, but 
if that happens, then we're talking about uh, a team that's A, rolling, and B, a team that's getting stronger right at the most critical part of the season. And that's uh, that's obviously the, the pie-in-the-sky plan, but it seems as if that's a distinct possibility for uh, the end of December going into January. <laughs> Wow. I mean, you, you think about this team and then you, you add, you know, Adebo, Elijah Mitchell. I mean, how many how many more weapons? I mean, it, it, it's got to be a defensive coordinator's nightmare. Uh, and then you see George Kittle, like I said earlier, two, two touchdowns, multiple games. He's come back into the fold. So, I mean, this team is just full with weapons. And, you know, we talk a lot about Brock Purdy, but... Man, he's, he's in a great position. I mean, just to be surrounded by so many weapons. And Javon Kinlaw, I don't, you know, I, I, I don't know about, I don't know my thoughts about Javon. I mean, he's missing a lot of great opportunities. You know, I know, you know, as a defensive lineman, I've never heard of a defensive lineman be on a pitch count. Uh, you got you to be out there. You got to have the reps. And I know his knee, his knee flares up. I, I don't know what that's about. You know, you have to rest it. You get some snaps, you have to rest it again. So, I mean, he's missing out on some great opportunities uh, to get some reps, get some experience. But what about Jordan Willis in this football game? Ooh, I mean, geez Louise, he played his butt off. So, that's what happened. I mean, you, you miss opportunities. Other guys get the opportunities. They capitalize. Uh, and, you know, and they're able to, you know, to, to, to build their resume. So, I mean, Javon would be a great, great add to this defense. This defense, especially up front, they need the depth. But uh, I, I would hate to see him turn into one of those guys that he just he plays fifteen to twenty snaps a, a football game. I think that's waste, you know, of his athletic ability. But you know, if, if he's going to fall into that, he's going to fall into, and other guys are going to stand up like Jordan Willis. So that's my thoughts about Javon. But it's good to see him back out there. But Elijah Mitchell and Debo added to this to this offense. Um, you know, it's got to be it's got to be scary for defensive coordinators. They have to make decisions who to cover. And I would ask you guys, it, it, you know, George Kittle's kind of like I said, the last couple of weeks, he's really kind of showed up. And it seems like he shows up when Debo's not in the football game. I mean, he it seems like, uh, you know, Purdy kind of uses him as his security blanket. and He kind of finds him and he finds him open. And, you know, George Kittle's, you know, he says he gets open. You know, in this offense, he's, he's wide open. It just seems like Brock Purdy is really leans on George Kittle when uh, Debo's not in the football game. Yeah, and I think that the, the big thing is the 49ers are letting the layered talent at the skill positions of this offense really organically flow into the mix. So obviously Debo's unavailable because of an injury issue right now, and the production flows to somebody else like George Kittle. If Kittle's covered... Brandon Ayuk gets a lot of the action. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey is a security blanket the whole time for you know on, on all the snaps when he's deployed on a pass pattern because he's just so good at sitting down in that open space to help the quarterback out when the pocket is collapsing. But you know, I, I could go through weapon by weapon, and I haven't even talked about Ray Ray McLeod who. Uh, recorded the longest rushing touchdown in, from a receiver in 49ers history at 71 yards. He just shot out of a cannon. Should have had a second touchdown if Kittle didn't steal it <laughs> uh, by, by running that that uh, the intentionally wrong route into open space. But, you know, just the exercise of talking about this 49ers offense, the fact that it takes so long to list all of the capable weapons, um, I, I think that speaks for itself, right? That puts Purdy into a great situation of just 
correctly distributing the football. And, you know, another thing, though, is that that's that shouldn't be taken for granted. And neither should a, a team with a ton of offensive talent producing the way that the 49ers is be taken for granted because you, sometimes you do start to you know force feed and you do start to get off rhythm in situations where you would think oh this is embarrassment of riches they should be fine you have to let things organically flow and right now i think that purdy and the 49ers are weapons matt are organically flowing within the context of what shanahan is calling that cohesion between play caller quarterback and the weapons is definitely there right now yeah, you, you saw that in that second Kittle touchdown. Um, uh, Mike McGlinchey was telling me after the game that when they played Washington in 2020, uh, that was a Nick Mullins start, and, and Mullins really got beat up in that game, and uh, Washington had a lot of corner blitzes. So they were they were ready for that in this game, and that was a corner blitz. It was actually the safety, Reeves, blitzing on that play. Purdy checked into their, their blitz beater, which was the, the fake toss to McCaffrey, and then Purdy sort of wheeled around and, and suckered Reeves to the inside, and then uh, started uh, running to his left. He had, he had, uh, you know, he could have thrown to uh, uh, Juwan Jennings, and he could have thrown to, to Kittle. He could have gone back the other way and thrown to McCaffrey. He had three guys open, um, and uh, he chose the easiest throw, which was to Kittle. And you would, you might think, oh well, he should have been more ambitious and gone down to to Jennings. But by going to Kittle, a you got the ball into the hands of a guy that runs exceptionally well uh, with the ball in his hands, and then b you allowed uh, for for Jennings, who was further downfield uh, than him, to 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 do what he does best, which is block the you know what out of defensive backs, and <laughs> he put a cornerback on his back on that play and allowed Kittle to kind of waltz into the end zone. So uh, just what, what David was saying, you just kind of allow these guys uh, to, to do their strengths. Uh, Dennis, you noted it earlier. Go with, uh, go with the gimme there. That's all you have to do with this team sometimes, and then the rest take care, takes care of itself. So uh, just uh, they got a really good thing going. That's the key. Try to get th- this thing um, continuing to roll in these last two, which could be meaningless games, could, they could be meaningful, who knows, but uh, that's sort of the uh, the key, is just to keep it at the pace at which it's going right now. Yeah, and, and you get your rookie quarterback, you know, more reps. You know, you, you know, it's these games, you know, you get the Raiders, and I don't know if they've been eliminated or not, but I, I surely the Cardinals, you know, have really nothing but spoiler to play just to beat a divisional football team. But, um, you know, your rookie quarterback gets another two weeks to get some more reps, to get some more looks, to see different defenses. Uh, and I think that's important. I think that's I, I think that's the most important thing. I think Kyle Shanahan sees what he has now. I think he's got all his horses that he needs to run the offense that he's been talking about since Jimmy Garoppolo's gotten here or since he's gotten here as a head coach. He's got all his weapons. He's got a defense that's playing good. He's just got a quarterback now that's got college experience. He's getting a whole lot of professional experience, but you know you can never have too much. So, you know, I, I say go into these games and, and go in these games like this is the plan. We're gonna give our our quarterback some more some more looks. Um, these are games that are super important. I know as a player, you, know, you kind of see the writing on the wall. You kind of understand what's in front of you. And you start getting that mindset ready for the playoffs. But uh, these are important games because you do have a rookie quarterback. And you have to understand a rookie qu- everything he's doing is the first time. So that means the playoffs are going to be the first time. 
And it's it's a different vibe when you go into the playoffs. So I think it's important his quarterback stays focused, which I he seems like the, I mean he's not you know when I see him in interviews or I see him on you know even on the football field he, he you know he doesn't have you know he's got he's got a a little bit of you know moxie to him but he's he seems very calm. I mean he's not. I saw him at the Warriors game. I mean, he's just mellow. He's a mellow dude. He seems like he's very even killed. So, you know, hopefully his mind, you know, he can, he goes into the playoffs. It's not big enough. I know he was, he's played against, uh, he's played in big stadiums, big games. Uh, but uh, playoffs are different. And I think this team needs to understand that, again, we have to jump on board and support this young kid uh, because it's a different mindset in the playoffs. I think that even killed nature is, exactly what the 49ers need to right i think garoppolo even keeled and it, it really it just the, the 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 vibe that i get from brock purdy and the the respect that that his teammates have for him was the same that that they had for for garoppolo right they really like they they love the quarterback and they like the role that he plays in you know they're not asking him to to, to run around and launch it 50 yards downfield they're run they're asking him to execute the offense and kind of just be a steadying leadership presence and that's how the 49ers were able to you know just kind of pass the torch between these two guys seamlessly and people were shocked and I was shocked, you know, I, I thought that Purdy could be good, but I didn't think that he could put up the efficiency that he has here through through a few games in his rookie season. I thought that maybe you could get him up to speed by the playoffs. and But no, right away, right away, there was that seamless transition. And, you know, I think that that's, it's, it's a testament to Purdy's skill set because it does fit really well within what the 49ers are doing. He's similar enough to Jimmy Garoppolo uh, to do a lot of stuff, but different enough. He's faster, so he's different enough to be able to, uh, you know, unlock uh, some really exciting parts of the offense with some of the off-schedule plays that we've seen. And, and at the same time, that personality, he hasn't come in, uh, you know, acting like some kind of brash, loudmouth rookie and he hasn't come in lacking confidence either he's been right there in the middle right in that sweet spot to allow the 49ers to skip ahead uh, without a beat Matt yeah for sure I mean uh, that's that's the key and I think the fact that they're such a talented team sort of forced Purdy into that role I mean we've talked about him going up against this defense every day in practice as the scout team quarterback um, I just think that all of that working together has sort of taken a guy who is ready for, who has the disposition to be this, um, and, and, and done it at the precise right time. So it's it's great timing. It's great uh, surrounding cast. Um, <laughs> it'll be really interesting, De- Dennis, if, you know, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but, you know, at, at one point it's very easy to see a um, Jalen Hurts versus Brock Purdy uh, playoff game and Jalen Hurts could end up being the MVP of this league and it'll be the MVP of the league versus Mr. Irrelevant so it's going to be uh, you could just envision a lot of contrasts you know it was the uh, the Purdy's first start was against Tom Brady I think we're going to see continue to see very stark contrast like that throughout the playoffs and so far it's been all Brock Purdy in those games so that's got to be uh uh, very encouraging for the 49ers. Yeah, and that's the matchup I don't want to see. I don't want to see Jalen Hurts out there running around. Uh, he scares me. I mean, if there's, if there's one team, Dallas scares me. Uh, Philadelphia really scares me because I watch him play. And, and you know, I think being beginning of the season, folks didn't give this team uh, much credit. But they're, they're a good football team. They, they, they are a physical, uh, on offense, they got a quarterback that just makes it happen. 
that's the team that I'm I fear the most uh, in this in this in, in this playoff because I think the matchup is just it's just a tough matchup against the 49ers and kind of what they want to do. So that's the team I, I don't want to see in the playoffs for sure. Well, we'll find out over the next couple of weeks how that playoff path will probably look. 49ers and Raiders on Sunday, New Year's Day. So the next time the 49ers play, it will be the year 2023. And we'll obviously be with you to preview that game the next time that we talk to you on Here's the Catch. For Matt Barrows and Dennis Brown, this is David Lombardi. We will talk to you all next time.